Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Martin Studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Today on the show, we get to talk about one of my favorite topics, three pre's and soybeans. So if you've got a soybean crop and you want better weed control, today is your show. I don't care what the weed is. For the most part, we've got the answer. So we'll talk about that throughout the show today. If you've got any questions for us, the number is 844-44-AG-PHD if you'd like to give us a call. Again, that's 844-442-4743. Or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. We'll get to the AgPHD mailbag in just a minute, but coming back to this three pre thing, we started on this, I don't even know how many years ago, six years ago, eight years ago, maybe 10, but the reason why is because we started seeing all these Roundup-resistant weed issues, and then we just didn't have perfect options later. Even with the Camba coming out and Enlist and Liberty-tolerant crops, it's like, well, none of those have residual or much residual, and we can't count on that for the whole season. And here's the other thing. We've got products that we can use pre-emerge that we can't use post And if you don't use them pre, then our weed control options are starting to get pretty limited in soybeans. And so the more we analyze this, we came up with three things that are all very effective on most Roundup-resistant weeds. So here are the three pre's that we talk about all the time. It's a yellow, metribuzin, and a PPO. So the yellow, that would include trifluralin, sonalan, and prowl. So most people in conventional till will use trifluralin because it's really inexpensive, like four or five bucks an acre. And not 45, four or five dollars an acre. Prowl, which is around 15, 18 dollars an acre. It's much more expensive, but you can use it in no-till. So that part's really nice where you don't have to incorporate it right away like you do with trifluralin or with sonalan. Then you go to metribuzin. Metribuzin is in the same chemical family as atrazine. So right away that might scare you, but metribuzin is safe for soybeans. Now the full rate in soybeans in most soils is two-thirds of a pound. A lot of people that we talk to say, oh, I can't use metribuzin because I got high pH soil. And I go, you have high pH soil? Yep, I do. I said, well, that's awesome because now you can use less metribuzin. You can save money. I'm literally going to tell you to cut the rate. You don't hear that often from an agronomist. I'm going to tell you to cut the rate and it's still going to work great. So you just saved a bunch of money. So it's great. Here's what you need to know. Again, the full rate's roughly two-thirds of a pound for most soils. Okay, We typically recommend one-third of a pound max, no matter what your soil type is. So we're already at a half rate. And then if you've got a soil pH over 7.4, we're going to tell you cut that rate in half again So now you're down to a sixth of a pound, maybe even an eighth of a pound. Sometimes you can get by on that. So it's very little. So if you're clear down to a sixth of a pound or an eighth of a pound, you're spending two or three dollars an acre. It's nothing. But believe it or not, you'll still get decent control because just like atrazine, same chemical family, metribuzin is more active in higher pH soils. And then finally, the PPOs. We really like both Valor and Authority. Now, Authority is also called Spartan. So just depends on who, who you're talking to, but Spartan and Authority, same thing. They have a really long residual, like really long. So you have to be careful what you're going to rotate to. Valor has a much shorter residual, so it's more open for different crop rotations. Either way, the weed spectrum is similar if you're using Valor or Authority, and usually you can get two crop canopy using the appropriate rates with either Valor or Authority. So 
Anyway, we really like each of these products. You can't use any of them post, but when you use them pre, you should get very good activity on most Roundup-resistant weeds, including Palmer pigweed, water hemp, kochia, and many others. All right, let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. Kind of confused here, Brian. I got a question from Jim, and I believe this soil test goes with Jim's question. <laughs> I'm just sitting uh, over here laughing. Okay, well, go ahead. All right, so look at the pH. <laughs> it's the top line on this test. It says it's 6.5. Right. Yep. Jim says, we're in western Pennsylvania, and there's a product called Advanced Cal, and I'm wondering if that would work short-term or long-term. It's a liquid to raise the pH, and also what application of gallons versus tons of dry. I'm just looking at this soil test, and if this, if this is right, Jim, and you've got a 6.5 pH, I'm not worried about increasing the pH at all. Does it t- say what the calcium base saturation is? 72%. It's yeah, perfect. I, I don't have any interest in putting in more calcium on that particular ground, but nope. maybe, maybe maybe we got the wrong else. test versus yep. what you were looking but we get for. This, yeah, we get this question commonly. Can I replace tons of lime with a few gallons of liquid calcium? No, you can't. You just can't because. But could you use something? We, for sure. example, we've used a product called Liberate CA. It's a calcium product Agri Liquid has. Put it right in furrow, or even put a little bit on as a seed treatment in low pH soils where we're just in areas that we can't get lime, or we didn't get lime well, put on. So this is the the next best thing we could do just to try to get by for a year. Can you get by for a year? Sure. You can put some calcium right around whoa, that, whoa, that plant, whoa, whoa, whoa. and you can get by for a little bit. Would okay, I rather it, have it, a whole bunch of lime out there uh, if I needed it? Of course I would. But stop, but stop, it's better stop. Than nothing. It, it depends on what we're talking about here. If we're talking about delivering calcium into the plant, I agree with you. That's a yeah, great way exactly. to get calcium into the plant. But if, let's say, I need a whole bunch of other nutrients, like let's just take phosphorus, for example, and let's say I got a 4.5 pH. Well, is Liberate Calcium or any liquid calcium product going to fix my entire soil and make all my phosphorus more available? Because right now it's getting tied up with iron or aluminum in that really low pH soil. No, it's not going to do it. So it all depends on what we're talking about here. Yes, we love the liquid calcium sources. If you just say, man, I, I, I got to go. I got to do this today. I'm working with a landlord who won't help me with the lime thing because I know that lime, it's going to give me benefit for three to seven or eight years out there and I only have a one-year contract I understand all that but but the point here is lime fixes your whole soil when we talk tons if we're just talking about delivering a little more calcium into the plant that's a whole different thing all right well speaking about uh, plants we want to protect them from weeds and one way to do that especially in soybeans is to utilize the three pre strategy. We'll talk more about the details of what that means and how you can do that on your farm coming up right after this. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Boost your productivity and profitability with Soil Warrior from environmental tillage systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and your yield potential in just one strip-till pass. Now that's ROI. Contact us today at SoilWarrior.com. Here at Farm Shop MFG, we keep hearing from folks who've tried our germinators. Yeah, I'm Wayne Bossman. I was very impressed how they came up quicker and they're just better stand and we're looking forward to using them this year. See what others are saying at farmshopmfg.com. It's planting season. Race against the clock season. Mistakes can't happen season. 
And no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster. That makes your spacing and depth more accurate. And that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. Get tough on resistant weeds. Tough IVC is a selective, contact post-emergent herbicide that synergizes HPBD inhibitors and enhances the effect of atrazine. Tough IVC works fast and can significantly improve the control of weeds such as water hemp, palmer, and kochia today and help prevent the selection of herbicide resistance tomorrow. Tough IVC is in stock and ready to ship. Ask your local retailer about Tough IVC or visit BelgiumUSA.com. Always read and follow label instructions. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, and we are talking about the three pre's in soybeans. Certainly getting great weed control in soybeans is super, super important because there are a lot of tough, resistant weeds that we have to fight, mainly broadleaf weeds, which are a challenge in a broadleaf crop. If we can stop those weeds before they even make it out of the ground. Oh, that's a great strategy. It takes a lot of pressure off that post-emerge weed control program. Uh, so we'll talk about some of the products that we're going to use and some of the techniques. And we've got Ryan Hunt with us right now with FMC. And Ryan, I, I'm betting you got a few ideas about pre-emerge weed control in soybeans. Yeah, we've got a few. That's kind of been our bread and butter the last 10 years here at FMC with all the resistance and uh, the authority brands. Um, known now with the authority Supreme and Edge for getting a couple different modes of action out there and, you know, start clean, stay clean, kind of the motto. Absolutely. Now, let me let me start with this question, and we can dive into a few of these specific products. But one thing about authority, we're looking at a PPO herbicide. And a lot of times we'll talk about, hey, if you can use one of the yellows, that's great. If you can use some metribuzin, that's great. And use one of these PPOs. Why is it just one PPO per season? Can you talk about that a little bit? Because we just had a question come in yesterday. Hey, can I mix Valor and Authority? And we hear all the time guys saying, well, I want to put Sharpen out there and Authority or something like that. And man, we've just seen crop injury. What what happens and what causes that? Yeah, so being that they're you know they're all PPOs, same mode of action, basically comes down to that plant growing. It has to, it still affects those that soybean plant as well. So those soybean plants have to be able to metabolize that uh, PPO product, and they're all going through the same pathway. So eventually, if we put even though they're different products, different chemicals, being they're going through the same system, if we overload it, eventually the plant just can't keep up, and it just it's just overloaded, and then we start to see some injury and whatnot. So you got to be pretty careful with what you're mixing there and what you're using. Um, and then you're also, if you're using two of the same of two different but the same modes of action, you're just selecting for resistance and selecting that weed population even more further down the road. Whereas if you had, you know, you threw in another 
different mode of action with that PPO. Okay, now let's talk specifically about authority then, since since you're the expert on that, Ryan. We've got a lot of different authority brands out there with a second mode of action or more in the product. When we're looking at these products, how do growers make the best choice of which authority brand to pick? That's a good question. That's really the most common question we get because we do have, there's seven, eight different brands out there all with a, they all have that self-entrazone, the PPO base of them, and they've got something different. Really, it comes down to your weed spectrum um, and your crop rotation and what you're looking at getting out of that. Um, we've got, like with our Authority Edge and Authority Supreme, it has paroxysulfone, so it's a real long-lasting group 15 that's going to really crank up and add extra horsepower to your palmer and water hemp control and add some grasses um we've got you know authority mtz it's been around for a long time has the metribuzin already in there um authority first with the, some first rate in it that's real common good and like our giant ragweed and mare's tail areas where it's still holding on a little so there's really it's kind of a region by region or area really what you have out in that field what you plan on planting next year um all those sort of things. And then the one thing I like to mention too is, you know, if you use one of them, like an Edge or Supreme, throw in some of that Metribuzin on the side of your own and get a third mode of action. It doesn't hurt anything. It definitely helps. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of choices out there to make, no doubt about it. And you've got varying rates of authority in the, the products. You mentioned Edge and Supreme. Uh, where do you see one versus the other being used? So with those two, they're the same two actives. The real nice thing um, about them, the loading is higher of the cell phone in the Supreme. So we get more up front um, where we're in kind of lighter soils, say South Dakota, North Dakota, kind of West. That's probably really our premier product. Um, where we're using the edge a lot is further over East in the Corn Belt where we've got a lot heavier soils. Um, we need more of that self-enter zone out there to get better control up front. And then with that product, we, with the edge, we can still come back over the top with some Anthem Max at a full rate to get our overlapping residual um, to really extend that, uh, what that paroxysulfone is doing well into the season past that point where we can't spray a post anymore. Yeah, that length of control is such a big deal when it comes to keeping weeds out of our fields. We've got to get to crop canopy weed-free, and then we're in really good shape going forward. We're talking with Ryan Hunt here with FMC. Ryan, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. Hopefully you guys are doing okay up there with the snow. Yeah, we're on uh, day three of about Bismarck here in North Dakota being shut down. So it's supposed to end tonight, I think, hopefully. Uh, well, hopefully everybody's safe up there. Thank you so much, Ryan, and, and good luck to you heading into the spring. Yep, you too. See you later. I've uh, got our friend Trevor Dale on right now with Valent. And Trevor, Ryan brought up a, a number of different topics here. And one of them that we got into was was length of control, getting to canopy, all those things. But we have to start out great. How about the burn down activity? We get a lot of questions around the Valor and Fierce brands with burn down activity. How do we get the most out of those products? Uh, good afternoon, Darren. Um, yeah, that's a question we always get with the uh, burn down, and there there definitely is some burn down. Um, 
I, I always recommend people throw in, you know, something else, Roundup, uh, Gramoxone, whatever it is for burn down, um, just because I want to set people up for success. And sometimes, you know, person will say, well, they're only an inch tall, and, and really they're three or four or five inches tall. Yeah, the rulers and, really um, vary as you go around the country out there, Trevor. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like so, for fishermen. I don't know if farmers are worse <laughs> off than fishermen, but uh, there, there's a lot of difference there. What what 12 inches mean or 20 inches or two inches, it, it's not all the same. Exactly. So, um, you know, and, and, and then the worst case scenario, it's not as bad now when we have uh, – you know, the dicamba options or Liberty or Enlist, but I always cringe when I see people doing a burn down and then then planting right away. And, uh, you know, I, I like to see the weeds dead first. Um, well, what about the other, plant, what about the other way around, Trevor? What if, what, what if you plant and then you toast the weeds off? I see that too, where guys say, I'm going to try and get the maximum length of control here. I'm going to wait till after I plant because I don't see many weeds coming and then do the burn down. Yeah. See that, that to me is almost even worse in those burn down situations because then, you know, once that crop is up, then you're, you're limited to, uh, I guess, you know, whatever product you have for depending on your traits, but you definitely don't have gramoxone anymore or, you know, things like that. So um, I always tell people at no-till, go out and do your burn down early and make sure the stuff is dead <laughs> before you plant because you still have options at that point. Um, and if the weeds are small, you can, uh, you're talking about Valor Fierce, um, products like that, and Metribuzin, uh, you know, going back to success, you know, probably a higher higher water volume, 15, 20 gallons of water, and adding in oil. That's definitely going to help, at least a pint per acre of uh, crop oil or MSO. And you're going to get, you're going to burn off small weeds for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think the other key is just waiting till they're actively growing. We've got some cold weather coming through the upper Midwest right now. And not a great time uh, when you come right out of this and you get your first warm day. Probably not the best day to be out there. You want to have a few warm days under your belt to make sure everything's growing well. So it's going to take that herbicide in and be controlled. Uh, Trevor, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. I'm sure we're going to talk more heading into the spring. Yeah, thanks, Darren. Talking about the. You bet. You too talking about the three pre's here in soybeans we we hit on a couple of real key products there the authority products the valor products uh, boy there's been really useful tools but that's just one mode of action when we're talking three pre's we're looking at three modes of action we'll talk about the other two and also talk about how to implement them into your program on your farm coming up right after this you're listening to ag phd radio The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? 
With AgroLiquid, it means getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting experts who will work with you to create a program unique to your operation, all while accounting for the quality of your soil and the products you're already using. It's not just a product. It's peace of mind, knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Come to the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event this summer. Here at Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support and encourage folks entering the ag industry. That's why we're devoting a full day, Saturday, June 25th, to the free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event. Though this day is geared towards high school and college students as well as young farmers, anyone with a desire to learn more about agronomy is more than welcome. Our hands-on sessions in the field will include a comprehensive guide to scouting, ways to improve soil and crop health, the role of natural microbes in farming, and how to best collect and manage on-farm data. Plus, we're giving away tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships to eligible attendees. So whether you're a college student or just want some good agronomy information, this is one event you won't want to miss. It's the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships Day, Saturday, June 25th on the Hefty Farm near Baltic, South Dakota. Learn more and register at agphd.com. If you've ever wondered how the Farmall got its name, here's an abbreviated list of the jobs the Case IH Farmall can do. Baling, cutting hay, feeding, hauling, loading, pulling, raking, cleaning barn, mixing feed, fertilizing, mowing, chopping, seeding, clearing, irrigating, furrowing, cultivating, hitching, digging, emergency tow, harrowing, hoisting, leading parades, excavating, grading. <sighs> Let's make it simple. This tractor does it all. So no matter what you're doing, can do comes in red. Farmall. Learn more at caseih.com farmall. Whether or not, relentless control is what you get with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Protect your season from tough broadleaf weeds and grasses with dual modes of action and overlapping residuals that also minimize resistance. With an easy-to-tank mix formulation and wide application window, Anthem Max Herbicide is ready when you are. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. Yeah, weather's kind of cold right now. Planting is certainly on delay, so we're thinking about weed control on our show, talking about the three pre's in soybeans. It's been a strategy we've been utilizing on our farm now for quite a while, and it's working very, very well. So we're super happy with it. We've had great luck around the country. If you have been utilizing the three pre's or you're looking at doing it for the first time this year, we'd love to hear from you. Our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. Let's head out to North Carolina. We've got Kevin Matthews with us. He's with the Extreme Ag Group and uh, just does a heck of a job farming out in North Carolina where it's so easy. There are just no weeds at all, so probably doesn't even have to use a pre in soybeans, do you, Kevin? Well, if you want to raise a good Palmer crop, or, <laughs> you know, yeah, you yeah. wouldn't have to. <laughs> if that was just our crop, man, imagine how easy farming would be. You know, there'd probably be some other super weed out there that would come out and wipe out Palmer, and you couldn't even grow Palmer because this other thing got so thick. But it might take a while before that had happened. 
I tell you what, I don't know. We never thought we could get rid of Johnson grass, and we did, so you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Well, you know, when you think about that, when pigweed is your main concern, and it's going to keep coming, it's not like there's just one flush in April and then, oh, boy, wipe that out and we're just done. You see this stuff keep coming. If you have one open spot in the canopy or even around the edge of the field where you don't you don't have coverage, you don't have grass growing or whatever, man, that stuff can take over. What what do you do? Because it's got to be a season-long fight. you got a longer season than we do. Yeah, yeah, we, we need to be rolling. we got the planters out today. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's wide open down here. But uh, you just got to be active on it there and, and be, you know, have a good plan. And uh, the, we meet with our agronomist and our different chemistry team members and try to see what's the best scenario, what's the most economical. Um, you know, in soybeans especially, uh, corn's a little easier to control. But um, our soybeans, you know, we, we'll use Envive, we use uh, Surveil. Um, there's a lot of good products out there, and then we, we try to mix it up when we come back and uh, use a lot of Extend, and it, it kind of works out pretty good for us. But things are changing. You know, the, the Extend, some of it's questionable now, so we, we're going to have to change and head towards the enlist side now. Yeah, there's, there's, well, that's one thing that's constant in farming is change. <laughs> Things are always going to change. There's weed resistance. There's different rules and regulations and so forth. Uh, as you look at the different tillage systems that, that you've utilized over the years, is do you notice a difference with less tillage, with more tillage, anything at all? Is there is there something there, or is it just coming down to herbicide programs? I, I think it is. I think it's a, you know, a really good cover crop program where you can keep that soil covered up good i think that's beneficial in areas that it works and um and in some areas you know you guys up there for instance sometimes it, you know you're you're too cold uh, to, you know you got a short growing season it's hard to have those big cover crops to really get out there and do the same amount of coverage that we have uh, obviously it can help hold the soil down there's so many benefits but then there are areas that tillage is is kind of it's went back to that and it works great for those guys. So there's not a one-size-fits-all, um, but for our area, we love the no-till. I mean, we just seem to – I couldn't imagine all these patches having to work them up. This old red clay, it'd be terrible. You know, row spacing is another thing, too, that guys talk about, Kevin, that, hey, narrowing up the rows closes that canopy sooner. Have you seen a benefit with that? Well, you know, we're on 20-inch soybean rows, and we're on uh, – 22 inch corn rows and no particular reason uh you know agronomically wise for the different spacings it's mainly the um we wanted to go to 15 inch beans and the 20 inch planter was so much more cheaper and economical so that's why we went that route plus we can drive down those bean rows without causing so much damage and with our 12 inch tires on our sprayer so the we really promote that early growth to get that canopy because absolutely that row width is acting just like a cover crop. If you can keep that sunlight from hitting the soil and, um, you know, you can kind of slow down that emergence of weeds. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a big deal. So 
you know, when you think about all the weeds that come, you've also got river bottom stuff, and sometimes you get some surprises down there. Uh, how oh, big a deal do you think yeah. those soil residual herbicides are when you get into that where you just don't know what's going to pop up in those areas? Well, you know, we've, we've come off four years in a row of hurricane flooding. You know, our fields are getting flooded pretty bad. And, and so you get all kinds of new stuff washed in. When you're downriver, you get to catch what's upriver. Yeah, absolutely. So you never know what that's going to be. And, uh, but um, so what we see is like tater vines and um, bur cucumber, which is something nobody ever wants. Nope. And when you get that, that is, that's just terrible. And you got to have a good pre-emergent program followed by a good post-emergent program in order to make all that happen. And, I mean, you get you get uh, potato vines and bur cucumber. That's a corn header's nightmare. Oh, and it's, and it's it comes and it can come so late too. That's the thing, like you say, it's not just Very the pre. Late. I mean, it's there's none of these pre or none of these pre's that are going to be perfect. You're going to have to have a good follow up as well. And yeah, on those ones, we, in fact, I was just looking at uh, some footage that one of our guys had taken of burr cucumber, and we were looking at it saying, "Oh man, I hope that never gets going on our farm because oh, oh that it doesn't look like fun." <laughs> No, sir. No, sir. No, there are plenty, plenty of weeds out there to control. And, and uh, we're talking with Kevin Matthews here down in North Carolina about that as the planters are rolling in his area. Kevin, good luck to you guys at planting here. Stay safe and, and hope you have a great crop. All right, buddy. I appreciate it. Y'all be good. You bet. You too. All right. So today on the show, we're talking about three pre's and soybeans and basically just pre-emerge weed control in soybeans and the importance of that and how you can do it inexpensively. So we'll get to that more in a little bit. But Robert from Minnesota called in and he was wondering about this situation. He's going no-till and he's going to plant soybeans into corn stubble. And he just wanted to know if there are any issues spraying pre-emerge on top of the stubble. Robert, no, I, I wouldn't get worried about that at all. We've done that for years on our own farm. Works great. I, I would just say if you've got this enormously huge living cover crop, then we might have some issues. But it this that's not the case here. You just have stubble out there. And even if you had just a small growing cover crop, it wouldn't be a big problem. So, no, we're not worried about that at all. The only thing is if you're no-till, you can't use trifluralin. Well, I suppose you could if you said, you know what, there's a massive rain coming uh, half an hour from now, uh, then you could probably get by. But otherwise, we're usually talking about prowl. So it's whether you want to use Valor or Authority, either one's fine in no-till. Metribuzin, either uh, that product's fine in no-till. And then you've got the yellows, Trifluralin and Sonalan cannot be used in no-till. It's only prowl. But yeah, there's no problem with any of those. In fact, uh, when you go to, I don't care if we're talking corn, soybeans, wheat, any of the pre-herbicides, as long as they don't have the high vapor pressure like trifluralin and sonalan do, so they evaporate right away, as long as they don't have that, you're usually pretty safe to spray right over the top of stubble. You get some rain, it works its way into the ground, and then you're in good shape. Now, let me just say this too. If let's say and I hope this doesn't happen, but let's say you're planting late May. I mean, things have been delayed and you're like, all right, well, I'm finally going to get the chance to get stuff in and I'm going to spray now. Your weeds are already growing 
And then, number one, if there's stuff up in no-till, you're going to have to use a burn-down herbicide along with whatever you're using. So that could be Gramoxone, Roundup, maybe it's 2,4-D or Dicamba if you're raising 2,4-D or Dicamba-tolerant crops. Could be Liberty, whatever. So my point is you got to have something to burn down what's already growing. Metribuzin and the PPOs will only help you so much. But then the other side of it is you want rain pretty darn quick because you don't have a lot of time where you want that residual control to be working. That's one of the advantages we talk all the time. The earlier you can spray in the spring here in the north where where the ground's basically still frozen. There's still some frost in our ground. Well, we've got all our prees out there already. So it's giving us more time to get rain before the weeds actually get going. So just something for you to think about. In the future, if you get the chance to spray some of your prees, you know, even a week or two in advance of planting, buys you a little bit more time in a lot of cases. All right, stay tuned. We're going to get to your questions coming up right after this. What's new from New Farm? Leopard Herbicide brings you exceptional planting flexibility for soybeans, field corn, and cotton. Leopard provides your spray plans with a fall or early spring option to boost resistance management. And did we mention it's a highly compatible tank mix partner due to its ultra-low use rate? Ask your dealer for Leopard Herbicide. Available for fall. Heat, drought, wind, hail, northern corn leaf blight, gray leaf spot. If your corn is under stress, you are too. Get Veltima fungicide, swift activity, with fast payback, an expanded application window. <sighs> Makes life simple, and it's the secure choice. With powerful residual for visibly healthier corn. Swift, simple, secure. Veltima fungicide. Call your BASF rep today. Always read and follow label directions. Veltima fungicide is not registered in all states. What do you think of when you hear Palmer amaranth or water hemp? If you use fierce herbicide in your soybean fields, you don't have to think about them at all. With two effective modes of action and up to eight weeks of residual control, Fierce takes on even the toughest weeds like water hemp and Palmer amaranth. Take control of your soybean fields and get incentives from Bayer Plus Rewards when you choose the power of Fierce herbicide. Talk to your local retailer today to put Fierce to work in your fields. Always read and follow label directions. The next generation of weed control in wheat, Wide AR Match Herbicide. Uh, I'm sorry, is this a typo? I mean, there's an AR in the middle of Wide Match. Mm-hmm, that's the name. It's called Wide R Match Herbicide. Oh, my bad. From the top. <clears throat> Wide R Match from Corteva AgriScience. It's not a typo. It's an upgrade. The AR stands for RLX Active for improved control of the toughest broadleaf weeds and wheat. Talk with your retailer to learn more. Protect your empire. Rule your fields with dual modes of action. Low-use rate Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC combines Group 14 and Group 15 modes of action for pre-plant and pre-emergence control of key broadleaf weeds and grasses. A preventative application keeps your fields clean when it matters most to crop productivity. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. 
Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty along with my brother Darren. We're live in the Morton studio today talking about the three pre's in soybeans. So I, I just wanted to run through real quick the three most common questions or let's call them pushbacks that sometimes I will get from people when I say, yeah, my best advice for you, put three pre's down in soybeans. Number one, cost too much. Brian, how much can I spend? Look, the three pre thing we're talking about is pretty inexpensive. Metribuzin costs, depending on your rate, three to six dollars an acre. All right, it's not much. Then we get to authority or valor. Here again, depends on the rate that you're going to use, but we're probably talking in the range of five to maybe ten at the very most dollars per acre for most people on the rate they're using. And then we say trifluralin. Well, that's like four or five bucks. Now, if you go to Prowl, again, it is going to be more expensive. You can figure you're going to spend at least $10 an acre more. But if you're going no-till, that's what you got to do. So anyway, in total, the way I look at it is you're probably going to spend $15 or less in conventional till. You might spend $25 in no-till. But think about what beans are worth right now. They're worth $15. bucks. we are talking one to maybe a bushel and two-thirds. I mean, that's it. That's it. If you have very many weeds at all, I think you know that it's going to hurt your yield a lot more in a bushel. And here's the other thing. When people say, oh, it costs too much, I'm like, well, what what else are you going to do? And they go, well, I want to use this combination product. I go, well, that combination product costs you like 10 or $12 an acre. I'm only talking about spending, in some cases, as little as $5 or more. It's five bucks. And, and then it's going to boost your control just that much more. The, the whole thing, too, is I, I just want you to think about the flip side of this. If you don't use enough modes of action out there that are effective, what are you going to do? You're probably going to lead things down this path of, oh, no, I have more resistant weeds now. And not only are they now resistant to Roundup and ALS herbicides, they're now resistant to a PPO because that's all I used out there. Uh, this, the research that's been done on this shows the more effective modes of action you use, the less chance you have that anything is going to become resistant to any one of those chemistries. Because remember, a dead weed cannot become a resistant weed. So we want all weeds to die. All right, next thing. A lot of people say, well, I, don't, I just don't want to spray anything pre-emerge. Look, I understand there's this dream out there that I can spray one time and it kills all my weeds for the whole season. And you know what? I'm going to spray early post. So I get all my planting done because that's the most important thing. And then I'll spray after that when I get all my planting done. Okay. I, I, I understand that. That's my dream too. I, I wish that was true. I wish that could happen and I'd love to do it. It'd be great. But the fact of the matter is it just doesn't work that way. Weeds keep coming and we just have really tough weeds and not good enough herbicides. And like I said earlier, if you don't spray pre, you can no longer use metribuzin, you can no longer use a yellow, and you can no longer use Valor or Authority. So I just lost three of the best things that I can do to stop water hemp, palmer pigweed, kochia, lamb's quarters, ragweed, almost any one of these tough resistant weeds 
that Roundup will no longer control. So I just encourage you, spray the pre. And then the last thing is, well, my beans emerged too quick. I, I, ha I had the stuff on hand. I was ready to spray, but I couldn't do it because the beans emerged too quick. In some cases, soybeans can emerge in two or three days. We have to plan for this, especially in warm soils. I, 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 I just say in life, we always have to prioritize and we always have to look at time management. And so this is one of the things that my dad taught us when we were young is just planning everything out, going all the way to harvest. And we'd say, all right, how long, how, we, got, we got how many acres of corn? How many acres of soybeans? How long is it going to take to actually get this done? What do we have for bins? What do we have for handling equipment? All this stuff and just planning out the whole year. Not that it, it, it always goes that way. I'm not saying that. But the more you plan, the better or the easier, I would say, it is to get the plan done and make sure that the things you need that are priorities get done. So sure, some of the things aren't priorities. But you know what? Spraying a pre to me is a priority because if I don't get it done, I lose five bushels and maybe 10 on soybeans. Well, that's a lot of money that I just lost, especially now with crop prices as good as they are. So I, I, especially if you're, let's say you're a one-man show. I get it. You got a lot of demands in your time. That's part of the reason why we talk so much about early spraying. I mean, like literally a month, month and a half before you actually need to spray. You can do that in our geography when the weeds are not growing. I'm not saying you can do that in Texas where the weeds are growing year-round because your herbicide is going to get used up if you spray a month and a half before you even plant the beans. But in our case, in the whole Midwestern United States and into Canada, you have the opportunity a lot of years to spray early. Now, not every day, but I mean, there are just a few days and it doesn't take long to get many acres sprayed. So that's the direction I'd encourage you to go if you're a one-man show. If you're not, if there are two people working on the farm, you just got to plan this out and say, look, I'm planting. You got to follow right behind me with that sprayer if you want to do it that way or be ahead of me. Uh, so I, I'd say too, I see a lot of people tilling ground and they don't spray their pre first because they hear from people, oh, I, I heard I wasn't supposed to spray a pre and then work it in. Well, that's not true. I want you always to work it in if you're going to be tilling the ground. Okay, if you're not, fine. But if you're tilling, please put the pre on and then just till shallow. Okay, now if you have to do deep tillage, it's a whole different deal. If you got a disc and you're going to run deep or whatever, don't do it. You're going to streak and, and everything. But if, if you're just doing relatively light tillage, go fast, do a little bit of tillage. The, the product will actually work better because now it's in the ground where it needs to be. It's going to require less rainfall. You're going to have quicker activity. So anyway, in summary here with these three pre's, I just encourage you, if you've never done three effective modes of action pre-emerge before in soybeans, please do some, at least on some acres. We, we've been talking about this for years now, and just we get so many calls and emails and people coming up to us when we do meetings or at our field day or whatever and say, yeah, I didn't know about doing that, but boy, you could tell it right to the line. And man, my, my fields were a lot cleaner. And now I finally got this weed under control or whatever it is. So it does make a difference. It's not that expensive. And the, the thing that I want you to think about too, the, the last thing I'm going to leave you with is if you don't get those pre's on, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? Well, the worst thing is you can have a weed disaster. You're going to spend a whole bunch more money. You're still not going to kill the weeds. Now the weeds also went to seed and you have a train wreck moving forward. 
part of the reason, like for our dad, he really liked using pre-emerge herbicides, herbicides is he said, I can sleep at night a lot better. If I don't have a prion, he said, I, I just I can't sleep. I'm just so worried that those weeds are going to rob my yield. And he didn't have the luxury that we do today with unbelievably phenomenal crop prices. More than just a few years out of his 50-year farming career, okay? <laughs> Most of the time, it was barely profitable to farm, if that. Well, you can't lose the little bit of profitability you have to weeds. And now this year, you can say, well, whatever I do, I'm still going to make money. Maybe, but why not make as much money as you can? Because we know that these great times are not going to last forever. I wish they did, but they're not going to. So you got to make as much money as you can now, get ahead of your debt and, and get some cash stored up so you can weather the tough times when they do come in the future. And that starts with having great weed control. So anyway, when we talk about these these pre-emerge herbicides, if you don't get it done, I just fear that something is going to go wrong and you're not going to get the weed control you want and then you're going to spend even more money. So weed control in soybeans, not easy. And then you look at some of these products that we're using today, like dicamba, for example. I like dicamba, I do. But you, I, I'd really encourage you to spray it really early. I don't care if we're talking corner beans. I mean, for a while, when we were using Extend Beans and spraying dicamba, I told our guys, look, it got to be done by June 15th. But anymore, as much as I see dicamba moving, I'd probably tell a guy, try to be done by June 1st in our area, June 5th. The earlier you get done, the less chance of movement you have. Well, then, again, you're relying more on your residual herbicides like the three pre's we talked about today. All right, if you've got any questions for us on that or anything else going on in your farm, you can give us a call, 844-44-AG-PHD. But we've got the Ag PhD mailbag coming up next. More and more farmers are discovering the power of improved emergence with the Germinator Closing System from Farm Shop MFG. Greg from Iowa says, For the 48 years I've farmed, I've usually been disappointed with the job my closing systems have done. This year, I was very impressed with Germinator's performance in a variety of soil conditions. For more Germinator success stories and to order a set for your planter this spring, visit farmshopmfg.com. What do you think of when you hear Palmer Amaranth or Water Hemp? If you use fierce herbicide in your soybean fields, you don't have to think about them at all. With two effective modes of action and up to eight weeks of residual control, Fierce takes on even the toughest weeds like water hemp and Palmer Amaranth. Take control of your soybean fields and get incentives from Bayer Plus Rewards when you choose the power of Fierce Herbicide. Talk to your local retailer today to put Fierce to work in your fields. Always read and follow label directions. What can we do for you? Yeah, I'm looking for some nitrogen. All right, we're running low and it's awful pricey, but uh, let me check. Hold. The answer to low supply and high prices for nitrogen is Invita, a microbe with systemic nitrogen fixation. Invita works throughout the foliage and roots, providing a right place, right time source of nitrogen to maximize yield in corn, wheat, and soybeans. Yeah, we're all out, but... You know what? I'll take some of that Invita. <laughs> That's what I was going to recommend. Book your Invita while supplies last. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day 
At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. Two by two by two systems have never been more popular. 360 has them in stock and ready to ship. 360 Bandit puts bands of liquid nitrogen in the sweet spot for early root interception and uptake. Both sides of the row, three inches from the seed, and just three quarters of an inch below the soil surface. Your planter can do more with 360 Bandit. In stock and ready to ship. Learn more at 360yieldcenter.com. When you're up in your sprayer, remember to look ahead into the future. Because if you've made the smart decision to plant Enlist E3 soybeans, now's the time to protect them with Enlist herbicides. The superior tank mix flexibility easily allows multiple sites of action and keeps your weed control programs effective beyond just this season. Visit Enlist.com to see how a better weed control system can help fight resistance on your fields today and tomorrow. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, and we're right in the middle of the Ag PhD mailbag time, taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD. I get a question that came in. Uh, hey, guys, we had some spring wheat that had already started to grow. We could row it, and now with the cold and wind, it looks like the above-ground portion is, uh, at a minimum, damaged. Where is the growing point on spring wheat? When does it come out? Well, the answer is it comes out after jointing. So if you're earlier than that, which you are, you're going to be fine. How much damage do you see, Brian, when you have leaves that you lose on wheat or on corn super early like this? I mean, we lose a little bit, but we don't lose that much. Right. And what it does is it often delays maturity. So with corn, that's a big deal. Wheat, it's usually not. But I would say this, a lot of times what we see with frost or freezing damage is it's a little sporadic throughout the field. So in other words, your field may be a little uneven when it comes time to harvest. And you might say, oh, well, these areas are ready and these other areas aren't quite ready yet. So we do see that quite often. But no, I, I, I mean, number one, there's nothing you can do about it right now anyway. You just have to see how it shakes out here. And if it looks really, really bad, then you can always tear it up and plant something else. Worst case scenario. Hopefully, it'll turn out fine for you, though. All right. Uh, let's head over to Illinois. Got Daryl on line with us with a question about the three pre's. Daryl, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. Good. I, I was calling about, I've had trouble using PPOs in the past, like Authority or uh, Verdict, and where the uh, beans would come up, if the, the, you plant the beans and then it turned cold and they'd be slow to emerge. And then we'd get the uh, rain that would splash the chemical up on the beans and then either injure the beans or uh, just outright kill them. Is there any way or any way of making a safer, making those PPOs less likely to cause an injury in that circumstance? So what's your situation there? Is this ground tilled? Is it no-till? What are you doing? 
we've had we've had it both we've had it both ways like we've planted like in the stale seed bed and then we've had before where it was just full conventional tillage planted it and then sprayed right behind the planter and then we would get a rain and it was just we'd always have like a, a chemical rep come out and say well i've never seen this or i hardly see this and it's <laughs> I, I love how they like say that four times. yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. yep uh, yeah, for so for both Darren and me, we've been uh, full time agronomists for over thirty years now, and it's well, I have been anyway. Darren's close to thirty, but we, we we've been out on plenty of those calls. We've seen this happen a, a number of times. I will say this: you mentioned some plants die. We do not see many plants die usually, and we've been on. We've looked at lots of these fields. So how do you reduce the problem? It's usually three things. Number one, tillage. If you till it in, we don't see near the issue with the splash up. Uh, Number two, spraying it real early. That gives you more time to have rain or snow, in our case especially, uh, get it down into the ground rather than still leaving it on the soil surface. And we see less less of that splash up issue. And typically in no-till, we do see less. Now, if you were to clean the row super well, then I could, and especially if you sprayed right after planting, then I could see that you would have a problem. But for the guys that spray in before planting, whether they till it in or they don't, they usually have less issue with this. Uh, In terms of slowing growth down... This is one of the things you got to think about, too. If magically we could make the weeds go away, then that would be the best for our crops. All herbicides, to some degree, hurt the crop a little bit or at least slow it down a little bit because the crop has to metabolize it and it's going to take longer to metabolize it when the weather's cold. So I totally get that. But I, I, I would say you mentioned verdict, and we're not big fans of verdict because in, in soybeans, we are in corn, but in soybeans, our concern is with that sharpen in there, that's, that PPO in particular, it, you have to be really careful about the rate. Um, I, had, I had a farmer, and actually he was the dad of one of the executives in one of the major ag chem companies. Uh, this is about 10 years ago. I was doing a meeting down in Missouri, and he comes up afterwards, and he goes, yeah, I, you were talking about verdict, but I killed my beans last year with verdict. And I go, whoa, how, how'd you kill your beans? What rate did you use? And he goes, 10 ounces. And I go, well, that's double the legal rate in soybeans, and you can see now how sensitive soybeans are. So our advice is don't use verdict in front of soybeans. Authority, fine. Spartan, same thing as authority, fine. Valor, fine, but not verdict. So if you look at the authority and the valor rates that are typically used, you can get by with higher rates and still the you're okay on the label. Whereas with verdict, if you're at, at that, that five ounce rate even, you are at the top labeled rate for soybeans. So it's really pushing it. So I'd skip the verdict, go to authority or valor, spray in front of planting. If you can work it in or just spray real early. And that's going to lessen all your problems that you listed here. Now, now when you, when you're recommending spraying early, like the actual planter pass, if it was just no-tilled, don't you kind of have the, just the, the action of the planter 
aren't you going to have an open area where weeds may germinate just from the planter pass itself if it's if it's ahead of the planter yep. or is that not a yep. big it, concern okay. yes that is a concern okay. but it all depends on how much you're moving stuff so i i've had guys do it before in fact i've had a lot of guys do it before and it works just fine there's no problem there's no streaking and even if there was a little bit of streaking for a lot of guys they're like yeah i got this tiny little streak here and i'm just going to spray early in my soybeans and clean it up post uh, every once in a while, it'll be a bad streak, but most of the time, it's not really a problem. To minimize that risk, that's why we talk about spraying a little further in advance if you can. So I, I like to spray two to four weeks in advance in those situations, if possible. Then I have time to get rain, and once the rain gets the stuff into the ground, then we don't really see the streaking. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate the help. Thank you. You bet. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, common questions, and the this is where experience really helps for Darren and me. And we we talk all the time this the mistakes we make on our own farm, but we also get to work with farmers all over North America and find out. I'm not going to say it's mistakes necessarily. Sometimes it's exactly what the label tells you to do, but we see what happens, what goes wrong, and when it goes wrong. So then that generally gives us the chance to give you a little bit better advice. All right, uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Got Perry calling in from Michigan. Perry, how you doing today? Good. How are you? Doing great. So yeah. I hear you have a sugar beet question. Yeah. yeah well, I've been using Valor on Valor and Prowl on my uh, on my soybeans. Yep. Um, we got sugar beets. I really don't think I can use Metribucin. You were talking about another product besides Prowl that's cheaper. And I didn't catch what that was. Okay. So I, I, I said there's prowl for no-till, there's trifluralin for conventional till. and So they're both okay. yellows. Uh, we mentioned either Valor or Authority. Uh, and then we also talked about Metribuzin. Now, the thing with Metribuzin, it doesn't carry over like we see with Atrazine. It doesn't last long. In fact, it's actually quite leachable. So if you spray it, and you're doing that one spring, and then you want to come with sugar beets the following spring. Honestly, I haven't looked at the label, and I don't know exactly what the label is going to tell you, but am I that worried that it's going to carry over and hurt next year's sugar beets? No way. Nope. And and if you are concerned about that, you can always lower the rate, and then you have, obviously, less risk as well. Yeah, we just had a nice little power flash here with some of the weather that's heading through the area. And uh, had a few questions left, Brian. Uh, one was non-GMO alfalfa. Got a stand that was planted last fall. Have a run of mayweed chamomile in it or dog fennel, and we're really struggling with that. Buck drill's labeled. They say it needs to be two inches or less. Uh, most of the chamomile is is group two resistant, so Pursuit and Raptor are out. Right. Uh, Looking at university data, Buterac doesn't look very good. So if nope. buckdrills are answer, uh, what kind of rate of buckdrill? Do you have to run the pint and a half, or do you have any experience with that? Well, yeah. I, I mean, you're probably going to need to hit it pretty hard because the, the problem is that chamomile is usually quite big by the time anybody gets to it. So I, I would say, too, if you wanted to throw just a little bit of butyrac in, an ounce or two, you can do that. It's a little hard on the, the alfalfa, so I don't love it. But that is another thing that will give you a little bit better control on your maybe chamomile. 
Yeah, a lot of challenges. So, so in other words, throwing the one or two ounces in with the buck drill. And of course, this is, this is the reason a lot of guys have gone to Roundup Ready Alfalfa, just because there aren't very many post-emerge broadleaf choices. No. Well, thanks for the question. We really appreciate that. And thanks to you for listening today. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.